Welcome to ZZP Power Hour. We're here. Looks like we got too many people in the chat to say hi, thanks to MC there. Yeah. Just taking up the whole window, but... <laughs> um, how's it going? Happy Friday? Happy Friday. A little snow outside. Yeah. A little yeah. snow out of nowhere. There's a lot of snow coming. Out of nowhere. I hope everybody's snow tired up in we the are northern s- regions. We are snow tired up here. Maybe be grabbing some e-brakes on the way home today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, After watching that uh, Hoonigan video, I'm ready to jack some e-brakes on the highway. <laughs> I'm Might as well. Let's get rowdy. I'm going to turn the flip that on tonight, I think. I have yet to actually catch the whole thing. Do that full 360 thing and keep going straight. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, anyways, today we're talking about transmissions. Transmissions, which I think we all have a mostly hate relationship. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's yep. nah. I'm doing good. <laughs> Whatever. It's, <laughs> it's not. You're good at one thing, transmission. <laughs> it's really easy. Hey, to, yeah. It's really easy to be mad at your transmission for one reason or the other, but it's usually very self-inflicted. Also true. Like if you reflect on you and your transmission's <laughs> relationship, then. Uh, you you quickly you realize who, that it's not really. You can it's find that. where the problem started. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can say that um, I definitely have mostly a hate relationship with transmissions. I don't know. You've been pretty lucky this year. I've broken many autos. I've broken many manuals. So out of um, all the cars you've ever owned, favorite transmission? Manual. But, um, but I'm not pro-manual necessarily. Um, I like them both. You know, they like all, well, I don't know, three, all three. I like all three. You know, you have your manual transmission with a clutch pedal. You have your auto tranny with a torque converter. And then you have the, I would say the coolest tranny, like what you have in your, your little mini Evo is um, the old, whatever, dual Twin clutch. clutch yep. Dual clutch, DCT. Yeah, DCT, yep. MCT, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Never really driven one. I've ridden in both your guys's, but I've never actually driven one to experience that. They're I fun. Mean, pretty fun. Imagine, um, it's th- that's my favorite tranny, um, but it has its downfalls. Imagine a manual tranny that can't predict the future like your brain. So it doesn't know that you're going to take off in one second. It's just, it's just reacting to whatever you do to it right now. So like in a parking lot, you'll hit the gas and it's like, okay, let's go. And then, and then you let off because you only want to cruise through the parking lot, like really slow. And then it's like, oh, I'm, I'm in neutral now. And then you hit the gas. It's like, oh crap, let's drop, dump the clutch and go again. So it can be a little notchy, a hmm. little, a little jumpy, mm-hmm. but um, once you're rolling, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love it. Yeah. I've ridden in Trevor's car. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It'd be sweet if there was an easier swap one into regular stuff holy crap but they kind of like only work with the cars they come in and yeah i think that's it it's pretty intricate deal there i don't think there's a common swapped twin clutch is there i don't know of any (laughs) yeah i don't know of any uh mercedes has their um oh man somebody's gonna have to jump in and probably correct me but i think they're mct what's the difference there dct no mct i think might be mercedes and then BMW's DCT, mm-hmm. and then uh, well, yours is probably DCT, right? SST, technically. S- but SST? It, to my understanding, works pretty similar to DCT. So. Hmm. Yeah, I think they all function pretty similar. Yeah. But then you also have, uh, uh, you have sequentials that are not a DCT. So those are cool. Yeah. I was like looking dog at the, box. You're saying. Well, and then you also 
and I mean, this isn't practical for like the cars that we're dealing with, but you also have the clutchless sequentials, uh, which I got to, I've, I've seen them, seen videos and pictures of them, but I got to see them up close at PRI yesterday. Uh, Liberty Gears was there and had several of them opened up. So Is that can, a full custom tranny that doesn't come in anything? From right, the it's a pro stock or pro oh, okay. mod trans. <laughs> okay. But it's it's like a dog box, kind of. But better. But better. Hmm. Um, without having to start from ground zero. If you already understand how a dog box works, then now imagine that the backside of every tooth is angled. So when you shift those transmissions, you don't go from first to second. You just engage second. And then now that first is overrunning, since the backside of the teeth's angled, it pushes itself out. So there's no ignition cut. There's no torque reduction, no nothing. Like all you hear is the RPM drop. Is that one of those trannies that to slow down to a stop, you have to like take it apart and put it back together or can you downshift it <laughs> you anytime you let off the gas it goes to neutral so they're great for running world records not so great for running rounds or no prep or something like that because you can't pedal the car as okay. soon as there's any unloading at all they pop themselves into neutral Dang. but when they hook yeah they're fast right? yeah i would imagine that's cool. Um, Noah asks, is the F40 worth it? Um, 100%. It's one of those things that the more I'm around an LSJ or an LNF car, it would almost be like considered a uh, top five mod, like yeah. intake downpipe F40. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Because it's not cheap, but man, buy once, cry once. Yep. You get the extra gear. You're never really going to break it on any obtainable street build. And Oh, it's 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 magical. The six gear is worth it alone, yep. plus the uh, additional power that it can handle over the F thirty five is, it just makes it a basically no brainer. And it's a pretty easy swap to do if you're familiar with working on your Ecotech car. You could probably do it. Um, otherwise, we can do it for you. Yeah, it seems like you buy your Ecotech car. Shut up, Shane. And you start saving money for the transmission and just wait for it to break. And basically, <laughs> pretty much every time, every time you floor it, you're crossing your fingers. You're not going to explode your F-35. Yeah, that that is true. Um, the F-40, I mean, you almost have to you have to make mistakes to break that. I mean, we have had them fail under power, but it's so they, rare compared to F-35. I personally have never seen one fail purely from power. Yeah, they don't fail. Normally, they just get all grind or crunchy because you're all the uh, <laughs> synchros yeah, are gone the synchros out of it. Synchros could be better. But I think that just kind of goes with any, yeah, almost any trans. If yeah. If you don't shift well, the synchros yeah. are not going to like it. After a few dummy shifts for thousands of miles, it's like, ah, eh, this one's getting a little, little, it could be better. So, like, we've replaced it in some of our shop cars, but we've I've never seen one break. I think uh, Snowball has original f40 right isn't that something ryan always brags I th about i think he does actually brag about that a lot is that is the original <laughs> yeah, f40 does. that he had installed in the car before he worked here which i think was like one of the first few kits we ever did at yep. ZZP. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool yeah it uh, does I'm, say something about the f40 yeah it's um i mean that car's had like eight engines since then in the <laughs> same f40 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I guess my gripe with uh, manual trainees is just finding that magical clutch that works. Yeah. Like, it's so hard to find the clutch that disengages at the right point in the pedal that you like. It disengages fully so you can fully, like, you can shift it properly. 
Like that is so freaking hard to to accomplish. Well, and then the clutch depends on the engine setup you have and the tire setup you have and the wheels and like. Yep, because uh, there's another thing, you know, Al was talking to somebody at PRI about some clutch tricks, you know, and like Mm -hmm. one of them, um, I kind of before I used to like lighter pressure plates and stickier discs. I, that was kind of my preference mm. before. So you have like a softer pedal, but you you get a lot of your grip out of the disc. Well, I'm actually starting to go the other route. No. And I'd rather have the pedal be a little firmer, but then have a slipperier disc because it seems to me like you can shift faster. Hmm. Yeah. You don't get that like semi stutter on a fast shift because the clutch like slips just a little bit. Because like Ashley's Sonic and versus my Sonic, we have like the opposite basically clutch. She's mm-hmm. got like the GMPP, like um, organic disc. Right. Um, and then I have the clutch master's pressure plate with like the sticky disc. And it's in, I can shift her car a lot faster than mine. Yeah. When we first put them in, she liked mine more and I kind of liked mine more. And then as they both broke in, I was like, Oh crap. Like I kind of like Ashley's a little more now. So, I mean, it's all preference. Mm-hmm. Obviously everybody has their thing. Yeah. Yeah, they all work. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. the one we run in the drag car it is pretty. I, I wouldn't quite call it light switchy, but it grabs pretty quick. But yeah. we also went down to a four puck in that one. Yeah, which, less puck, more grip. But it shifts fast. I mean, that's yeah. the fastest shifting clutch we've had in it. But I don't expect it to last forever. So <laughs> like, that's that's why it's not something that we push for street use. The four puck ones look so weird. They do. When you hold on to them, you're like, this isn't right. This is really going to hold this? (laughs) Yeah. It is crazy because you see less friction material there and you're like, how is this grip more? But you have all that same pressure, but like on less friction. So more grip. Brad Keys with a great question. How much uh, will the GMPP clutch hold? Typically, we see about 350, 350 on that. That is a good question. One of the downfalls of the GMPP is that somehow they made the friction material stronger than the center hub. So you can make a lot of power through that clutch, and it won't slip, but eventually it will explode. Yeah. Usually <laughs> what fair. happens first. That's fair. The, you've had a lot of them hold mm-hmm. high horsepower numbers, but we normally try and recommend like that 350 wheel mark. Yeah, you can do it, but it is not going to be happy for a long time. Yeah. The biggest thing with those is breaking them in. Yeah. I uh, see uh, Ethan Vink brought up the 4080 and a 3800. Yeah. And I mean, I I'm guess. I'm not super if, into it. Most most I'm of the guys either. who are uh, really uh, jumping on the 4080 bandwagon don't even need one. So, I mean. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes usually. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's a lot of work when you could just put a few hundred dollars into a 65E and just have somebody go through it properly and it's going to do the same trick. It's going to be lighter. It's much less rotating mass. It's obviously a direct bolt-in than the car came with it. Uh, the aftermarket's much larger. Uh, there's no aftermarket for the 4080. So overall, in stock form, it's better, but you can't do anything after that. I mean, well, I guess I'll probably shut it down with this. Matt's car runs mid-8s on the 4065. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the point of the 4080 a, a heavier tranny, more rotating weight, more weight overall? Like You better be making a lot more power. If yeah. you're going to take right. that. Yep. But, uh, I mean, on the topic of 4T65Es, I always gripe about, uh, gripe to Tim. I think the biggest thing that guys overlook is they don't maintain it. 
So they go out and they buy a, a really nice transmission from Triple Edge or one of the known vendors out there, and they put all the right parts in it, and then they run it for twenty thousand miles, and you know, or you know, however long, and expect to never even have to give that transmission any attention because they spent good money on it and they went to the right place. When in all reality, I think if you're if you're making over four hundred and fifty wheel horsepower, you need to be servicing your sixty five e every five to 10,000 miles. Um, and that's going to be the key to making it work efficiently. And that's probably um, what Matt was doing back in the day as well, is he wasn't just, well, I have a good 65E, let's just go to the track and run run this and run this and run this. You know, It's worth taking it out every other season if you're actually driving your car a lot and um, running through it. Even if, even if you don't really find anything in there, just checking the chain tension, making sure the clutches and the frictions are in good shape. You know, that preventative maintenance goes a very, very long way with the 65E as well as just keeping it cool. Well, you have yeah. a lot better chance of catching something while it's still repairable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you replaceable. Know, keep, keep an eye on your tranny temps. The temps you know? is huge, too. Yeah. Um, if, if your tranny temps are, you know, breaking 200 degrees, I mean, get a cooler on it or... Make sure that your converter is locking up fully. I mean, just making sure your torque converter is locking properly is worth gas mileage and temperature. Yeah. You know, if your converter is always slipping a little bit, I mean, slipping is heat. Mm-hmm. You're putting that heat into the... I, I've seen customers driving around with tranny temps like 230s, 240s. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you doing? Like, it's broken. Fix it. Yeah. I'm I'm really not afraid to take my transmission out as everybody here knows. <laughs> and whether it was broken or not, but like I'm I'm this winter I'm doing a cam install on the Regal and the engine will be out and there's a good chance I'll probably just yank the transmission too and just go through it. It probably has twelve hundred miles on it, fourteen hundred miles on it. <laughs> but when I put it together next year I wanna know that my ducks are in a row so that there's not gonna be any issues the first time at the track and I'm like, Man, I was just right there. Like why would you do that to yourself? You're setting yourself up for failure. If you're if you're putting a car together that's going to be pushing the limit of the 65e, treat it as such, and you won't have a problem. That is a two solid points to the traditional manual transmissions is maintenance cycles and temps. Mm-hmm. You yep. just kind of you put a clutch and fluid in it, and you're good for what 100k in a lot of them. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it, well, it unless clutch. it's in the drag sonic, and then you take yeah. it out every two miles. Well, it's a it's a it's a that's a great comparable to the 65e. You know, <laughs> you you mean you put it together right. And you hope it lasts as long as it you need it to, but the next time the car's apart, you take a look at it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, cl- clutch maintenance is you know that's I. It's in the same realm as service for me. I've I, never owned a car long enough to do two clutches, so <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs> oh, I've had quite a few clutches in my car. My clips back in the day ran like I don't know low twelves, mid twelves on the street, and I would do a clutch a year. Mm. really every year yeah yeah six grain hole shots will um <laughs> they'll do that they'll when do you're that. using your clutch like a torque converter they don't last a long time um you know speaking of that like um uh one one point for manual tranny is let's say you have a kia sophia and that thing is 130 horsepower from the factory i'm just making up numbers but it's probably close um i would rather shoot myself in the face than have an auto one <laughs> But a manual one probably would be kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. There is a lot, ton of fun factor. I think if the car is slow, 
and it has a manual transmission that makes all the difference. Yep. Yeah. You can you can totally tolerate it. Like it's not it's not even a problem. You know, whether if it's a little Ford Ranger or like what you're talking about, if that thing has a handshaker in it, it's gonna be a good daily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My SC two had a pretty much straight piped exhaust and was a manual trans. And it was a lot of fun to drive because you could just go out and pretend you're a race car driver and yep. beat the snot out of it and barely break the speed limit. Well, mm-hmm. I I'm always I'm the t- I'm the type of guy who leaves a stop stoplight and I'll rev every gear to like six thousand RPM at twenty percent throttle because I just am just <laughs> <laughs> just no reason other than you can. I just like you know. <laughs> I I get it. I remember we got in a Ryan Derrick's ATS and. We're driving down the road, and Bo looks at me. He's like, "What are you doing?" Because I was shifting at like two grand, twenty five hundred. He just looked at me in disgust. I was like, "This, like, you are in control of these gears, and you're gonna shift it like that." Jeez. You should have grabbed his hand and held it, and kept it in gear longer. That would have worked. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, it, that's fun because uh, manual training, you're always in power band, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, and you can predict what you're you you know what you're going to do in a couple seconds so you can kind of like hold the gears to achieve whatever you want to achieve which which you can with an auto if you're somebody that's always putting it in manual mode and always driving it in manual mode i tyler, suppose tyler does that a lot in his camaro but like i don't i yeah. just generally throw it and drive and just go i just don't like feeling an engine loaded up like if you're short shifting a lot and it's bogging i don't like that feeling so that's that's what causes me to just over rev them for no reason keep some light on their feet i don't know i agree uh that's sure. <laughs> light on their feet i would say if that, that makes you happy then yeah run with it i would say you know that's probably one of the biggest things i do with my tuning is i just take the factory shift points and just bump them up because gm like I, i'm assuming it's emissions and gas mileage stuff they just Short ba, ba, ba. Yeah, short shift the heck out of them. Yeah, and there's your it. overdrive. Yeah. There's your overdrive right Let, there at 32 miles an hour, and the converter's locked. And it's, oh. Yep. Everything A8, so every 8-speed auto GM vehicle, if it can cruise around at 1,000 RPM, it will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, like, my number one thing is get it above 1,300. And depending on the engine, maybe higher, like... If it's a V6 car, you know, 1,300. If it's a four-cylinder car, you know, 1,500. Just don't ever let it below that, and the car feels so much peppier, yeah. so much better. It is very interesting when you have an automatic transmission and you you kind of learn to drive around it. Um, yep. And, like, if you if you get into a different car and it... And it it requires different throttle input to achieve the same, you know, acceleration. It's very different. But after like being in a, a tuned Sonic, you know, that you're used to all the shift points, it's 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 very interesting how you can actually work with the car almost as if it was like a manual, but just by like the, the throttle input you put yeah, to get I know the right. Yeah, what you're talking about. To get the right gear for the situation. Yeah, because I drive the blue car most of the time, and then driving the gen 2 cruise this weekend is like my foot didn't perfect know example. what to do perfect example yeah <laughs> it was very annoying because like i would go to pass someone and i'd give it a little pedal and nothing would happen I'm like yep <clears throat> do something we're in the blue sonic that's your gear drop right there right yeah downshift no. now yep. don't you like that um nitrous button that thing has like when you push the gas pedal down and then there's like one last quarter inch where it goes click yep isn't that weird and then I, it drops I need to look into that but it drops two gears <laughs> 
I haven't There's heard. still one spot that I've tried to catch it when I'm logging and I can never find it again. But there's a very specific spot where if you're cruising at a I don't know what speed it is because it like it happens out of nowhere. And you'll give it a little and nothing happens and you give it too much and then it drops two gears and you're like, like I, was, I was just trying to pass someone. Yeah. Yeah, I, all I need is a scan so I can see that and I can, I don't know, I'll make it better for sure. I just need to scan it everywhere and I'll catch it eventually. <laughs> the Gen 2 Cruise actually has like a like a mild TCM tune. Like yep. I did like a very mild TCM to it, mm. but the ECM is all stock right Once now. Once I got used to it, it that, that car drove very nice. It was just exactly what Bo was talking about. I've just gotten so used to driving through the gears with the foot position that all of a sudden it changed. One gripe I've always had about the um, autos is, like, let's say you're making a turn into traffic and you, like, go to accelerate, but it, like, shifts to second gear and then you're like, oh, crap, I don't have any power. So you're, like, kind of stuck in traffic a little bit. That's one gripe I have about autos is, yeah. like, that, you know, just that, like I was saying before about that predictive shifting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know that you're going to pedal into it in one second, so it shifts to second and now you're bogged. Yeah, pulling out of our parking lot, slight uphill on 28th Street, and then it's second gear, and you look, and you're like, oh, there's cars coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, darn it. And you, you just don't want to beat on your car so you don't floor it back to first. You know, I get A-10? Yeah. No. Not doing it. Almost twice as many gears as it needs. Like, <laughs> come on. Lot. Six speeds <clears throat> is enough. Auto, manual, like, they're, No. No. I would rather daily drive a glide with a 7K stall. <laughs> now you went too far. Nah. <laughs> daily driving a power glide. Oh, my God. That's Heck terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the city. Well, I mean, to be fair, the, the gearing and the converter I have in my 65E is about a power it glide. It might as well be a glide. It does 100 miles an hour in second gear. That That is my... Recent most argument for why autos are better than manuals is when we were at Tail of the Dragon, and I could go from 30 to 100 miles an hour in one gear, and it didn't care. Yeah, 3,800 is fine, but my Sonic ain't going to do <laughs> My Sonic is not doing 30 to 100 mile an hour in one gear. Like, now, Shane, be to bad. be fair, I have not dr- driven one, but the the sound of constant shifting absolutely makes me want to vomit i hate it i'm sure it is pretty magical but they do sound weird i would hope after this many failures they finally got one figured out i remember we went to camaro fest a few years ago and that was like the first time i heard some of the new zl1s racing with that i think a10 and i thought that sounded pretty cool so i kind of like a lot of shifting as long as it's quick Mm. Yeah, like those yeah, those yeah. things are I don't I'm gonna make up something because I don't know but I'm pretty sure those dudes are probably touching six gear by the time they're crossing the beams yeah and that that sounds pretty cool so I mean I like so that as long as using, it's fast they only use six out of the ten gears in the quarter mile probably what, five what? or six yeah man what are the other four for then it's all highway that thing probably has you need four two overdrives? or three overdrives. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the gear breakdown, I'm sure there's at least two over. I know Mayo's car traps in fifth, and that's a eight. Sp- eight that's speed. an eight. Yeah, so, yeah. The ZL ones might trap in six, six maybe seven. seven. I think yeah. uh, Steve's seventh gear shift is 165 miles an hour, if I recall. 
<laughs> not that I would know that. Not Standard that I've, auto versus CVT. Not Ooh. that I've seen it. <laughs> I've, I've never met a good CVT. 10 speed suck for towing. Heck yeah, Bill Kish. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm, CVT is, no. I have <laughs> a, my old Ford with the four speed auto and overdrive on a button is so <laughs> magical. Cause if you're, if you're, doesn't matter what speed you're towing at. If you want to pass somebody, you just hit the overdrive off and you're right there, ready to go in third. <laughs> Get past them, hit the overdrive back on and boom, ready to I go. D- I do, I am on team bow on that one. I do love the overdrive off button. Mm-hmm. My That's Jeep and pretty, the Ford has one. It's, it's my favorite. Underrated right there. That yeah. is a really cool button. It's like a push to pass. Yeah. It's great. It's so nice. Like, I towed the Jeep all the way up to Silver Lake and just going down the highway, if you're in the slow lane and somebody's there, just overdrive off real quick, do your work, get back in, click her down. I don't know what the difference is between my brain being okay with clicking a button to or downshift. Or just pushing the pedal. Or like, no, like pushing the button and pulling the shifter back oh, on. Oh, yeah. Like, my brain just doesn't want to do it's that. definitely yeah. not the same. But bumping the button, I don't have a problem with that. It's just crispier. <laughs> Just crispier, just. You know, it's funny you mention that because I've done that in the Sonic before when you're on the highway and I know I'm going to pass someone, just uh. pop her back down to fifth and then that way you can get a little speed yeah. run up on them and get mm-hmm. around. <laughs> yep. Um, I saw somebody earlier mentioned, uh, does uh, his 06 Cobalt have no lift shift? No. Sorry. If you're the, fast enough. I mean, yeah, I guess everything has no lift <laughs> shift. Everything has no lift shift if you're brave enough. They do um, do it. You, My you, 03 <laughs> Cavalier would do it, and it'd slam like you got hit with the hammer. Yeah. Um, you could you could put a watt box on it, and then that would be like kind of a proper no-lift shift. And it kind of gives you a launch control. Um, the the only Cobalt that ever came with it was is the LNF Cobalt. They they have no lift shift, and that's pretty nifty. Ideally, pretty nifty it mod. seems like, and from referencing some LSJ scans, if you lift to like 50% throttle, it's usually enough with the right clutch. Well... Also, like you can hit the limiter like four times before it goes into dirt mode. Yeah, the limiter does help. If you just hit it on, hit the limiter and then pull the gear. That's basically work too. like no lift shift. It's the, basically See, the same. That that works if your Don't clutch if your clutch works. Yeah, yeah. What I like about no lift shift is that it starts to bring the RPM down, so yeah. the synchros start to work. But like if you have a clutch that doesn't really fully disengage properly, you kind of can't no lift shift it. It's yeah. just not going to go into the next gear. Yep. And you're going to either, you know, bend a fork, um, break a fork, or you're going to bend shifter cables or pull the so cable off or of something. Of the failures and issues I've seen in the F40, kind of funny how we come full circle on that, it's been because of things like that. Usually the second gear synchro and the second gear shift fork, the pads get worn off and the second gear synchro goes bad. The I believe the biggest reason for that to be because there's such a huge gear ratio split between first and second. So for those of you that big aren't R- familiar with the manual transmission, the synchronizer basically is a clutch that takes your input shaft speed and makes it match where second gear's at so that the teeth can engage without grinding. The more violent you are pulling back on that, the more you're pushing against that clutch material and making it try to hurry up to slow the input shaft down so that you can go into gear. So when you're daily driving, if you just run out first to where you want to, pull back and then just put a little bit of pressure on the stick 
and allow it to slow things down and it'll just drop right in on its own. And if you make a habit of driving that way when you're not in a hurry, you're going to have a much longer life out of your synchronizers. Hmm. You just allow them to do their job smoothly. Now, when you're trying to shift fast, you got to shift fast. That's fine. But there's no reason to be reducing the lifespan of your trans on your daily driving shifting. So what you're yeah. saying is you should be double clutching. Uh, if you want, I guess, yeah, do it. <laughs> Brad, it's, it's kind of like rev matching, but pushing the clutch also. Mm-hmm. Like if you just let the RPM come down a little bit as you're shifting, like that's less work that your synchronizer has to do to try to get things to line up. Uh, one nice, that's one nice thing about a, a lighter flywheel. Mm-hmm. The RPM will come down quicker. So it, you know, it, the RPMs drop and synchros work a little better. Mm-hmm. And um, the lighter clutch does help with that. But that only works when you're shifting faster. If you shift slow, then the stiffer, you know, the heavier flywheels are probably a better idea. Um, I think Which when, we're going back to a heavy flywheel in a drag car. It'd be interesting to see how that changes things. Will be. From aluminum to chromoly? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Try yeah, to get I'm, more hit on the shift. Gotcha. Because we don't have a impact. problem with the shift speed. We just have problems with keeping the inertia going. Yeah, that makes sense does make sense especially when you're spinning a one four yeah yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to see how that'll do uh, it's gonna i'm excited too i wish we could rev it higher probably break more axles oh well well probably <laughs> we'll <laughs> or, find out or maybe you won't have to like rev so high on the launch and maybe it won't break axles as much i don't know either well, way it's gonna be tyler's fault so <laughs> i'm fine and he's not here today so yeah <laughs> just shift without clutch yeah that that would be cool was the old rock crusher trannies back in the day well see and when you do that with a modern synchro trans like the f40 that's even more mass that the synchro is having to try to slow down or speed up to get the teeth to engage smoothly all right what a perfect question honestly um Elijah asks, my trying to upgrade my 2001 Impala LS, what upgrades y'all recommend for a budget? Sorry, I thought you were referring to the trans. F40 swap. But the trans, um, it's an LS. I guess misread your question. Well, we have a video. Yeah, we have a we video do, on we, YouTube. We do have a top five mod video for a 2001 and naturally aspirated car. But anybody getting into a 65E, always want to do a converter, input shaft, and then those are your two first things that I would recommend. And then the uh, the anything you can do to help third gear live, like the uh, Sonax boost valve. And <clears throat> Tim was just mentioning the other day, if you're if you're going to rev it over 6200, you want the pump shaft because the pump shaft doesn't break from horsepower; it breaks from RPM. Yep. But the input shaft and the converter are going to be great. And then um, Man, keeping and third alive. More stall the better when it comes to torque converters. Too. Yeah. Way more. Seven K all day. Like, I would put a 3000 and everything i remember i was doing converter testing back in the day in my bonneville bonneville made about um it was like a full bolt or a full build ported heads headers everything xbz cam made 360 wheel on gas and but no intercore and a stock throttle body actually and airbox um it was a it was a weird build but um we we went from a 1500 stall converter to a 3500 stall converter oh, big jump um, but we, and I did a few in between mm. and I just kept doing, um, power pulls to see if the higher stalls actually hurt power up top uh, gotcha. and they were within like five. So I see no reason to not run a high stall right. except like 
make sure you're scanning your training temps, I suppose, because if you're in traffic jams a lot, or if you don't have your PCM lock in the converter properly, it's definitely going to get hot. But, um, that 1500 stall converter in the car, you could punch it from a dead stop and it wouldn't even chirp a tire. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but then with the 3500 stall converter you could punch it at 45 and it would boil the tires to the shift point mm-hmm. converters are magical yeah. they are torque multipliers Bing and bong. that is fun really really uh really good at uh achieving a good 60 foot too um caleb dorn um if anybody knows the name he's he's raced rocky mountain race week in his gtp and i was just talking to him the other day hold about- on hold on hold on a 1465 made it through race week? It did. And he actually won his class. Color he, me impressed. His class had like 80 cars in it, too. Wow. Dang. It was like a 13.0 class, 12.0 class, something slower, but I mean, still. Oh, yeah. Um, but Impressive. He was, we were talking about how to make it faster for next year, and um, you know, I, I suggested a converter <laughs> because he's still on the stock converter. But uh, just to get a 60-foot times down, because two-tenths in the 60 is, or a tenth in the 60 is two in the quarter. So, Regal's always had a terrible 60-foot, too, because I never put a real tire on it. Ethan, you're talking about uh, higher stall converters feeling sluggish? No. Um, it's not like the converter doesn't move the car until it gets to its stall RPM. It still takes off just the same. In fact, I would almost say it takes off quicker. Definitely because does. Because the RPMs get up higher to where the the engine has more torque, so it gets it moving. It's like me revving that manual to 6K. That converter's doing the same <laughs> damn thing. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> kind of, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, higher stall, I mean, I really can't come up with anything negative. No, I've been uh, driving with the 3000 stall that we have for a long time, and I really like it, and I'm tempted to do the 3500 next year with the cam. Brad, we do not have any F40s. We just sell the installation kits. Yep. We um, did have F40s for a brief time Everybody's the been uh, popped up, but everybody's, they're gone. Everybody's been getting F40s off of a, a pretty reliable vendor on eBay right now, for reference, if you need one. Mm-hmm. And they're affordable, too. I don't know how many he has left, but... Uh, Check it out. Yeah. I'm planning on um, pulling my F35 out of my SS sedan and swapping it to F40. I like that tranny. Um, you know, I think we already kind of talked about it a little bit, but just that sixth gear, just cruising less RPM on the highway. So if you want to go on a long cruise, you know, it's it lower RPM, but you know, tighter gear packs. Yeah, it's, it's not nice. like you're going to gain 10 miles a gallon, but it's going to no. bump a small amount. You. Mm-hmm. You'll gain a couple. A lot of times, if I'm casually driving an F40 car, I'll just do like one to one through fourth, and then I'll just hop into sixth because fourth yep. is already there. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to go five six; you just go fourth six. I know Tim <laughs> is anti-skip gears, but I'm a one through four and six person too. <laughs> I shift every gear every time. <laughs> every gear every time. I can't help it. I don't. I don't know. That's my ricer part, I guess. Yeah. I just love shifting. They didn't. They didn't skip any in Fast and the Furious. And <laughs> no, they didn't. Hey, they hit some of them five times. <laughs> did you guys? Did you see the video I sent you there? Yes. It was like an it old. It was so sad. It was an old like somebody. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. Imagine the size of what that camcorder probably would. Probably one of those yeah. big shoulder units. So just to catch you guys up, it was a camcorder footage of like the main scene in Fast and Furious. The filming of the first one. Yeah, yeah. where they're racing four wide down the street. But it's like camcorder footage of somebody standing on the side of the street and they're going like 25 miles they're an hour. They're just going They were driving. They were running like... like 
16 or 17 second quarter miles. Ooh. Oh, but, yeah. But, you know, it's you kind of have to do that, and then you just speed it up, you know, speed up the footage, just like the people on YouTube like doing. Drives <laughs> <Yeah>. me crazy. <laughs> Drives Most of the YouTubers are bad at speeding it up, though, is the worst yeah. part. Like, you can always tell, and it's like, hmm, you could have, like... <laughs> I, I, I enjoy picking apart the flaws in those movies just as much as everyone else, but... I would be lying if I said that those movies did not have a significant role in me sitting exactly where I am today. Oh, yeah. I love I love them. At least the first four mm-hmm. were amazing. I love them. I mean, you got to kind of have to you have to check your common sense at the door. Yeah. But like, yeah, I agree. The, like four buddies living in the same house, throwing parties on the weekends, there's sweet cars in the driveway like like I still, I want to do that right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> oh, it is so great, man. It it does it. Yeah, something about car guys. That forty swap YouTube you video. Just, we can, well, you know, video people are in here. Put that in your brain box. I don't know. Yeah, uh, my we, sedan. We, oh yeah, Tim's well, car. There go. Tim's sedan, and we got an Ion coming in too. So yeah. it wouldn't be bad. Um, even if we didn't go through the entire deal, just showed the key points. Yeah, that would be nice because it'd be a pretty lengthy install. I mean, well, you could the... speed it up. That's true. You could speed it up in the more boring areas. Yeah, we can definitely look into that. I. It's not really too bad. It's just tighter fit, right? I've, yeah, it's, it's pretty none, plug none and play. Yeah, like, it's tighter fit. The Press. trans itself is noticeably heavier, so if you struggle getting the F-35 out, you're not going to get the F-40 in by yourself. Prepare for that. Yeah, you're going to definitely need a jack. How much more? Do you know how much more it weighs, roughly? Mm, probably 15, 20 pounds. Oh, wow. But when I you're, would guess. But when you're lifting it over your head, it feels like 50. Yeah, it feels like nothing. If it drops on your thumb, you'll probably know. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. <laughs> uh, pressed in peace. Um yeah, yeah. Um, we could, I, I do all the TCM tunes for all the cars. Pretty sure I tuned yours. So if you have any questions or requests on that, just email me. No problem. I, I definitely will um, make tweaks based on, you know, customers' preferences. Yeah, for sure. So, like, that's a great point. So, like, on our, all of our 1.0 PCM tunes, we do get aggressive with them, and we do orientate them in a performance aspect. But you got to understand that we're sending this to hundreds of customers. So we, if you're the type of person who's like, man, I really want my transmission to shift, then you, you know, and, and you're done with your tune and you want a little more out of it, that's something we can normally accommodate for because a lot of people don't want gears to bang, yep. you know. And a, a good clean shift is what a lot of people are looking for. But if you're like, hey... I want a little more. There's always some more line pressure and shift time left on the table I don't for most, most like applications. I banging, but I like it to be as quick as possible. I just love it. I love a gear change that just pulls you forward. Yeah. yeah. That's that's my thing. I've, ha- I've had a lot of um, interesting requests, I should say. Like, I've had people tell me they want the car to shift at 5,000 RPM at full throttle. I've had people say they want it to shift to 7,000 RPM, but, you know, and... None of neither of those RPMs are optimal, but like if it is like I am here to appease the customer. If you within want your, reason, if you want your car to shift to five grand, I mean I'll make it shift at five grand. Now, if you want it to shift at three grand at full throttle, we're probably gonna tell you no. Yeah, yeah. that might break something might or be burn something up, but but yeah, with within reason. How to swap L and F in a car? You first you convert the L and F into an LSJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Um, yeah, everybody has their preferences, and so don't be afraid to let us know if you're looking for something a little. A little. So what's Ooh. you guys thought on the F40 3800? How has that not been brought up yet? Mm. Um, I mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're The parts are very, very hard to find. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for That's sure. the biggest thing. Um, I do have a case for the Regal. I have an F40 six-speed case for the Regal. I have the case only. So eventually down the road, it'll probably happen. But from... You get a lot of uh, Frankenstein car problems, to my understanding, right? Yeah, like, the Regal is so just functional. Like, I mean, you you lose things like even like um, uh, like reverse lights. You got to figure out reverse lights, you know. Yep. Like, and in a daily application, that's that's just I want it done right. So if I'm gonna put a six speed in the Buick, it's got to be done right. So like, I got to make sure the reverse lights work. I, I think there's some weird things with the Prindle because it's not in park or drive anymore. So, like, your running lights it's don't a, know what to do. It's a Trick some stuff. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you got yeah. like, to make sure to take the tranny apart and, and like, sandblast it and powder coat it galaxy silver <laughs> and, like, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Galaxy uh, silver is the best, best silver, so. But I think there's even something weird with the trunk pop doesn't want to open it because yeah. it doesn't think it's in park. Like there's a lot of little things that you run into when you like oh yeah just put a six speed in it but yeah all's the all's the F40 does with the 3800 is bolt together same for like an F23 they just bolt together the rest is on you axles mounts <laughs> cables pedals shifter the yeah. whole, cl- I mean they spec does make a decent clutch to put them together but do the uh, cables line up pretty good or is that a custom job too i mean the cables will go hook up but you got nowhere to put them in the in the car so you got to build a, a mount um, yeah build everything but it, it'll happen one day it's just um the problem is once the regal gets f40 is it is it's probably not going to go as fast anymore and i have yet to run the quarter mile times that i want to see out of that so he, he, he fixed all the problems already just hit him up uh, Michael asked, "I know, I know it's all easy, and I'm, uh, and I know it's doable, but so is just putting in the 65e with all the right parts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just give but it yeah, a stockpile. I'll, I'll let me jot your name down, man, and I'll uh, hit you up when the times come. I honestly, I, I want the Buick Toronto 10.99, and then I'll six-speed swap it. Speaking of six-speed, yeah, Michael asked about the six-speed auto from a cruise into a Cobalt. That sounds um, like an abortion. Well, it's terrible, but." Uh, I just wanted to take that comment and point out that there's already a much stronger version of the Cruise 6-speed that already bolts up to an Ecotec, and it's in the GMC Terrain and Equinox, Huh? if you want to go down that road. Yeah. And they are all-wheel drive, and I have thought about this, but I don't know what kind of power they could take. My, my gripe with the uh, autos and all these, let's say, Econo boxes, and I have a bunch, so that's not meant to be an insult, but um, it seems like every single auto gm underdog car gobbles up power yeah gobbles it up so i would definitely not be doing any auto swaps in any of our platforms honestly like i wouldn't do any of them um but you know like bo said like bo wants to run a 10.9 in his regal and his best chance of running a 10.9 is with his 4t65 if he wants to road course you know slash tail the drag in the car Put an F40 in it. Yeah. Um, even though your auto worked amazing. I mean, I'm not yeah, knocking the auto, but um, but you will put more power down with the F40. I mean, Matt ran into this with his drag car. He was doing all kinds of wild things 
to get that 4T65 to actually put his power down. He went from like, I'm going to make up numbers, um, but like he went from like 20 pounds to like 25 pounds. And the engine, like in the scans, the engine made more power. It sucked more air. You it know, just it, pushed through the converter it harder. Just blew through the converter more. So he run like he ran within a tenth of a second, mm-hmm. but making like I don't know a hundred more horsepower. Well, right. I remember him saying that on the dyno, he hit it with like a hundred or hundred and fifty shot, and it picked up like twenty horse, something yeah. like that, because all it did was just push through harder. Yep. And yeah. he, you know, he hasn't yet um, figured out how to put like a fancy converter, or, like a fancy lockup converter, in the car. I don't know if he's gonna like go down that rabbit hole. This new surprise coming up that uh, I won't nah. mention. He's but he's uh, pretty set on that next plan. <laughs> yeah, the next sure. plan's gonna gobble up uh, all his time and do uh, some cool stuff. But um, I did I did see a couple questions in there. I want to nail. Um, I think uh, Elijah asked if a 1.0 PCM is gonna affect the longevity of the engine. No, it is not. If anything, it's it's better. Do your maintenance. Get your, you know, your cooling elbows done and your lower intake gaskets done and keep your, maybe do a couple early oil changes if you haven't owned it for a while to kind of clean it out. And then, uh, yeah, put a 1.0 file on it. It's, it's way more fun. All the shifting tweaks to make it more fun, um, you know, optimal fueling and timing. It's a great thing. Um, and I missed the other ones, but... There was a lot of questions in there. You want to scroll up quick, you could, Eric? You can grab your phone and scroll oh, yeah, up on it if you wanted I mean, to. Right above Joel. Is that working? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Any um, um, yeah, I, I do, uh, Preston, the, the question about the downshifting in auto. I also heard that rumor years ago, and I just, I just, I can't, I, I don't understand how these rumors happen. The worst thing about downshifting. You can downshift your car anytime you want, and there's nothing wrong with it. Like most, your your TCM probably won't even let you well, shift to the wrong gear. Already at redline. Yeah, I mean, you're, but it's you're, not going to let you do it. Yeah, but like there are people that literally started a rumor about it's bad on your tranny to shift it yourself, and it's like the tranny is doing the same exact thing if you are pulling the shifter or the TCM is telling it to shift. I mean, regardless, mm-hmm. it's sending a signal saying upshift or downshift. So yeah, like downshift, like yeah. I would do it. Like our, our one fours, like, you know, you just kind of have to predict the future a little bit, like downshift it a gear or two and get ready for the pass and then floor it. So you don't have to let it I mean, down. It still doesn't shift until it's ready to. Yeah. Like and you can probably, hit the button, but there's a lag before the shift actually happens. Yeah. And it's probably better on the tranny because you're not, floored under shifting as much yeah you already downshifted you're ready to go and you just punch it and it just goes yeah sometimes i'll downshift the regal coming into a corner so that when i exit the corner it doesn't have to downshift it'll already be in the gear that i need yeah and like i'll downshift real aggressively so much so that i don't even need much brake entering the corner and the only negative effect from downshifting an automatic aggressively is you're just creating heat because of the converter yeah other than the heat there's really no downside yeah uh, um, if you're in a on a road course i'd be careful with downshifting into in a corner or something yeah because that is at least whole, too soon that's adding a whole bunch of front brake bias and you could be doing some loop-de-loose true so be i'm careful not downshifting at 100 on a road course i'm just <laughs> well, saying spiritedly anytime, driving on the street anytime anything in the, once that is a that is a tough situation though because you do want to be in the correct gear 
But if you're braking and then you're downshifting, you are you adding like front bias braking, and can, it yeah, could be it could be a saying. problem. Perfect. The front tires are slowing down, but the rear's not, so the rear's going to want to come around, especially yeah. if you're steering. Yeah, I and, and I haven't no I haven't idea. raced road coursed in automatic ever, so I don't know what to do. But um, I you know it's this is something you just got to try different stuff and see what works. Yeah, you used to downshift your S two thousand pretty hard, obviously, because you yeah. I uh, I did not rev match downshift, and I was at Road America at Gred Life, and I grenaded a rear axle that way. So rev match well, downshifting is highly recommended in a manual tranny car, and and that I guess is one more point towards auto is that you're probably not going to break an axle from downshifting. That converter is just enough um, slip point rubber band mm-hmm. to um, not break hard parts as easy like axles and you know, um, wheel bearings or whatever, hard parts. One thing I guess we could address when I'm on the topic of axles is a lot of our customers are really concerned about breaking an axle. Um, They're always asking about stage two axles. Can I upgrade my axles? Stop launching on street tires. That's part of it. That's part of it. That, but um, uh, across the board, generally speaking, none of our platforms have a problem breaking an axle. Like, there's no car out here that we put a Z04 on, a turbo kit on, an entry-level kit on, that we go out and tune it, and it, it just starts breaking axles. Like, that's not a thing. Um, GM if, really... If it is, it is a maintenance problem. Maintenance, yeah. you're, or you don't, your car's lowered a lot, and you don't have the proper mount, yeah. so it's binding the CV joint. If your ball joints are loose, if your tie rods are loose, if your control arm bushings are loose, like... Anything that gives some play in the front end can break an axle. Anything that can promote wheel hop. Yeah, binding and shock load is what kills them. Yes. I've put over 600 horse through junkyard F23 axles. Mm -hmm. When you apply the power smoothly, Mm -hmm. they're incredibly strong. Mm -hmm. And every one of his cars that he's done that in, like, has had tight control arm bushings and tight ball joints Mm -hmm. and tight tie rods. If you have, like, if... Here's another thing. It's it's a lot of just driving experience. Like if you go to launch the car and if you even feel an inkling of wheel hop, push the clutch in or let off the <laughs> Do gas. Do not try to power through. Do not power through wheel hop. You will break an axle. You have like a man, it's got to be like a 90% chance of breaking an axle if you yeah. start to feel wheel hop. Mm-hmm. Uh one question that scrolled away, ideal auto for an EcoTech, I in the term of what's realistically possible, there is no such thing as an ideal auto for a high horsepower LSJ or LNF. And I have yeah. absolutely no idea if the terrain trans would fit. I think it would, but I mean, I it's a pipe dream. I doubt I'll ever even experiment with that, but the parts are there if someone wants to play with it. What's the uh, HHRSS auto to manual power difference? For oh, those wow. who don't know, yeah. So that's always. It's not like a hundred. It sounds made up. <laughs> I don't know what the percentage is here, but we had a customer come in with an HHR. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say his name, but I won't. I don't know if I shouldn't say a name without permission. Yeah. A full bolt-on HHR, big turbo, all mods. This thing made like three hundred and twenty <laughs> wheel horsepower. It was somewhere Fully. around there. <laughs> Full it was an S257. Big turbo, everything. If you put that same combo in a manual car, you're making 450 plus. Easy. Like so it is a it is a percentage <laughs> loss. I think the it's percent grows as you're trying to push through it. Like at, at stock-ish power levels, it's probably not that big of a gap. 
But when you're trying to make bigger power, it's like the the 4T just says no. To your point, Al, my stock HHR with a downpipe mm-hmm. has a dyno sh- and an auto, let me clarify, has a dyno sheet in the glove box that says 278 wheel horsepower. That's pretty good. And that is good numbers That's for very a, K- a KO4 car through an auto. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anybody who does a full bolt-on manual knows it's like 290 to 305, that, you know, that 300-wheel horsepower mm-hmm. mark. So to only be 25-wheel behind is super good. But as you, as Tim's story explains, you know, the, the margin gets bigger the higher horsepower that you try I to generally, I generally tell the auto guys to do, like, full bolt-ons. And be and happy then, with it. Yeah, full bolt-ons and be happy with it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know... If we even sell a turbo that I would put on an auto car, Mm-mm. like I I don't even think the Z fifty four, yeah, like I don't even know if I'd put that on it. Like I think a KO four car, like full bolt on KO four on E eighty five, would be exactly what I would do to an LNF auto, and and be happy with it. And that's like, I mean, that'll make over four hundred foot pounds of torque to the tires. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have torque multiplication of the converter. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a manual trainee's LNF will make four hundred foot pounds so an auto in theory should make even more um you know and, and somebody brought up an ideal auto for a uh, ecotech let's say uh lsj or lnf i mean the ats with the a6 tranny the automatic six-speed tranny well, that'd be neat if, if you're wanting it's a to dream. do a conversion yeah when like, i responded to that i was thinking yeah. of a bolt-in uh, agreed like there is no transaxle you R- can right. put you know next to it um, but if you were to do something really cool, I think an ATS tranny would a light duty one, not a V8 one, like yeah. the lightweight ATS hmm. automatic six speed would be pretty neat behind a, um, but then LSJ. you got to control it. Yeah. And you know, and I would imagine the TCM from the ATS might, might be able to control that, hmm. you know, with, it would be well, a wiring. Someone could figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did see Brad mention about the Honey Badger. Like, we do plan on doing more stuff on that. I just was not in the mood to mess with it for a while. So it's just been hard parked. I got some things I got to take care of, get it back on the dyno. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't want to bother making any media splashes with it until I actually have her all dialed in. I, I mean, it, there, there's there's snow on the ground, and he's got a family. I mean, he's kind of got to make up on some lost yeah, time there. Plus, so. I've been I got to get the Sonic ready to go too. That takes priority. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that we'll probably do a build breakdown on the Badger and the Regal next oh, next yeah. season, kind of like we mm-hmm. did with the Sonic in the warehouse. That was a super cool video. So yeah, if you guys didn't check out on YouTube, uh, that dude in blue just put out the posted moose. Up, posted up the Regal. Go go check out. The moose a galloping with the dude be in blue <laughs> behind the wheel because we got to get more views in that snowball. <laughs> Not that I care about views, but I the do. The video love. is like 80% blow off valve noises, so you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, snowball's up there, our slingshot's on there, and yep. he's doing a couple more, so. Heck yeah. It, actually, I, I'm really, I really appreciate uh, the video that uh, David did on the car, and I think um, he had a lot of good things to say. My favorite part that. I literally jumped out of my seat about was when he was like at a loss for words to describe it. He says, it's just efficient. 
And yeah, I'm like, it, and it really is. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, thank you. I'm like, <laughs> Al would know, like, that's everything, you yes. know, like that. It, that's everything when you when you're trying to build a mod car is just make sure ensure that everything is efficient as possible. The suspension, the power, that you know, everything works efficiently. And so the fact for him to actually recognize that in the words that come out of his mouth really, mm -hmm. yeah, really did it for me. But yeah, uh, LSDs, yes, they're worth every oh, penny, yeah. Noah. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I had a, you know, my Sonic had an open diff and it was terrible. I took it to tail of dragon and I was spinning one tire out of every turn. And then I put that, uh, M factory diff in it and it was amazing. Yep. Um, I Cobalt. remember the, before the drag car was a drag car. When we put the first LSD in that and took it out to Dixie, it was the way it pulled out of a corner. I was like, Oh, this yeah. car's actually fun now. Yes. I, when I had the the ion back in the day and i put an f35 in there with the lsd i drove home and i was just laughing out loud i'm like ah, this is so much fun yep i'm like there's no way it just pulled out of the corner like that <laughs> uh blows your mind really yeah speaking of i'm not even gonna never mind <laughs> too early uh, i just want to tease you guys with all the good stuff 2023 is gonna be fun boys mm -hmm. yeah yeah hopefully uh we'll get all of our stuff caught up this winter and come out come out pretty strong this year i mean most of our vehicles i mean the badger i guess is the vehicle that could use the most work just because it's so freaking hardcore but i mean it's together and running like yeah. all he needs to do is iron out some details and yeah. like kind of all of our cars are there so this coming year should be a good year for ZZP. we are so leaps and bounds ahead of where we were a year ago man our fleet was hurting in the spring when we came out yeah. it was hard to get everybody out to streetcar takeover <laughs> you know just because yeah my car wasn't even running at all i mean any car guide knows it's very easy to get behind and we have 50 vehicles here that we're constantly R&Ding on and constantly breaking so it's hard to keep them all up and running <laughs> you know but it's, we're we're sitting pretty good right now for the most part you know most of them are pretty turnkey with a few this and that's but uh yeah we'll be coming out strong right uh, here JPL in reference to like the uh the cobalt specifically when you get a good slick on there, the sidewall acts like such a gigantic shock absorber that you have to mess something up pretty bad to break an axle. Um, like my friend Tyler Stone, he's gone deep into the tens on stock axles, and I have broken many of those at stock power by trying to launch hard on street tires, and that's how much of a difference it makes. Yep. If you want a drag racer launching an F35, get a get a good 15 inch wheel and a slick. Yep. For sure. That's, For sure. That's, this is really the only way it'll it will ever yes. work. Like, don't even try it. I, I mean, when I was a rookie here and I had my eye on and I was like, oh, let's go to the track. And everybody's like, oh, you're going to break an axle. I'm like, it'll be all right. No, it's not all right. It's Preston, not all right. you just missed the sale. You got to wait 11 months and four weeks, three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, slicks are, I would Man, pretty much for everything. I think rear-wheel drive cars maybe on average are a little stronger, a little beefier for horsing around and not breaking stuff but on our front wheel drive cars yeah the tires and wheels are pretty key if you're into drag racing you definitely want the smallest wheel you can fit and a you know a nice soft sidewall sticky tire it'll get you out of the hole quicker you know and then you got to worry about um you know weight transfer um but yeah between weight transfer and sticky soft tires with good sidewalls you can yeah. uh, you can launch a front wheel driver. <laughs> yeah, Jason, I'd go to 13s if I ever decide to actually quarter the car a lot more. That's so baby. 
It's not out of Jesus. the question. <laughs> Some Honda wheels. Baby. Hey, more sidewall the better. Jason, we'd love a 2023 Dino Day. We were thinking about maybe just getting something for all the platforms. Just yep. even, just even like a, a meetup day. Just a meetup, maybe. Problem is, we need a place to do it. Because <laughs> you all can come to Streetcar Takeover. Honestly, we'll be there with every car we have running. That's a great point, Al. If you're looking to hang out and do some car stuff with us, we, we should ha- plan and advertise that. Yeah, yep. Streetcar Takeover. Because then we don't have to host an event. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Streetcar Takeover is the event that you can guarantee us to be at. Um, other than that, you know, we're pretty hit or miss around whatever we can get to, but we definitely shoot hard for streetcar takeover. It's the first thing mm-hmm. we hit every year. It, this year it's June 9th and 10th, I believe. Which it's pretty much June already, so I should probably get <laughs> yep. tinkering funny. on my car soon. They posted the dates and I'm like, oh, oh no, oh no, <laughs> oh, it's real. But like, you're like June, that's six months away. Like, wait a second, it's December. Yeah. Uh oh. Well, yeah. don't count, blink. <laughs> count the paychecks between now and then, and count the car parts you need to. So. <laughs> uh, Richard mentioned uh, which part gets messed up first in a tranny if you don't get the converter pushed in all the way. Um, you know, number one is usually the tabs on the tranny from trying to pull it in when it's not ready to go in. You're going to ruin the and pump. Then, and then the next is the pump, 100%. So for 65Es, best thing you want to do is get everything bolted together, make sure the bell housing goes together well with your dowels, and then go ahead and make sure you can spin the converter in the bell housing with your fingers. And then from there, you need to be able to pull it towards the flex plate with the bolts. If there's not a mm, quarter inch to three inch of a gap there, you have something wrong. Usually the converter is not all the way on the input. But you need to freely spin the converter before putting in the bolts and then put all three bolts in before you tighten a single one. Yeah, we just had a <laughs> Sonic customer um, do that and broke the tab off his brand new rebuilt engine. Oop. Oops. Oof. So he had to pull the brand, brand new rebuilt engine out and replace the block. I was oh. like, oh, man, that sucks. Like, you got to make sure. Oh. Like like Bo said, that converter should have a gap between it and the flex plate. And you should you have to push it towards the flex plate with the tranny fully bolted up to the engine already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a thing to take. You, you need to take it very seriously that your converter is in properly. Like, don't just be with the boys on a Friday night. No, nah, it's in there. Put the bolts in. No. The bolts will <laughs> get it flushed. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's here's something, too. This works for the uh, manual tranny guys as well. Like, whatever parts you're, whatever splines you're trying to get to connect, test it first. For uh, Let's start with a yeah. manual tranny. For the manual tranny, take the clutch disc and That's slide, a big it, one. slide it on your input shaft of your tranny. You should go all the way in. And then just pull right back out. It should move easily because that's got to move a sixteenth mm-hmm. of an inch or whatever, you know. When the it's got to be able to float, in. or else it's going to drag when you shift. Yeah, and then uh, same goes for the auto. Take the converter and just slide it on the, you know, slide it on. Make sure it everything slides on there good and it goes in fully all the way. And then take it off and then redo it again. Uh, the the SCT we were specifically talking about they a couple years ago they added uh, Martin Michigan into the loop it's a, the same track that you went to us with a couple years ago yep 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 yeah they post them all on yeah, their website yeah. I don't tra- I don't Arzizi- know if they have dates yet but they do consider our ZZP track day to be streetcar takeover <laughs> <laughs> we're just piggybacking <laughs> on their event yeah it's which is a great an event hour from us and uh, yeah. 
half hour. It was like us. forty minutes. Yeah. Saturday's Saturday's roll racing. Um, Sunday is a uh, bunch of different um, dig racing. So. Like assuming my car's in one piece, I'll likely hit the if they bring back the Xenia Ohio one later in the season. I'll probably hit that also. I really want to or kick maybe some Indy. butt in the roll race events. Yeah, or Indy. Uh, twelve to seventeen Regal GS, great car, great car, nice luxury car that has a lot of potential. I would personally prefer the LHU one over the LTG, just because the LHU makes power easier and it's a little more reliable. Yep. Um, but uh, the the later model ones can be done too. We've done a whole bunch of them. Um, great, great mod cars. All right, boys, it's five o'clock. Yep. Any yep. Uh, closing notes, or uh, we're gonna drive home through a snowstorm? I think. Yeah, yep. I'm excited. I like driving yep. in snow. <laughs> Yeah, fun times. All right, thanks, guys. Right on. We'll see you next week. Catch you next week. Have a good weekend. Bye.